What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of PGP Radio. I'm your host, Rick Grider. Asking a question, Trump 3.0, third time's charm. Let's get started. PGP Radio. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, Mixer.com are on the live stream. Thank you for tuning in to us. It's another great edition of P2P Radio. I'm your humble host, Rick Grider, sticking with you for the next 30 minutes, bringing you all the hottest and greatest and latest of our political atmosphere and political news. So, again, thank you for joining us. It is an exciting time um, and a troubling time, to be honest, about some of the stuff that is going on as far as the events with our health care. Uh, we're going to get in more detail with that going about uh, Trump 3.0 through times the charm and seeing some details about what's going on in this healthcare bill and talking about how it's impacting you as an American citizen. Because make no misunderstanding, whether you are rich or you're poor, whether you're black, white, green, yellow or somewhere in between. From shore to shore, from border to border, this healthcare bill will affect you. So we're going to give you some information and let you know about what's going on. So. Let us get started. Um, so this episode is named episode number 20, Trump Care 3.0. And reason being is because, you know, this is the third time for this uh, American health care bill, um, an attempt to repeal and replace Obamacare and bring it up with something that is supposed to, to be brand new, uh, something that's supposed to give better premium, something that's supposed to give better coverage, something that's supposed to bring down deficit. It is the magic bullet to our healthcare system. It is the change that we need. It is what has the Trump campaign, the Trump administration, and the House and Senate GOP thrilled and excited and what led them to control their elements that they control now. So, third charm is the charm. And when you get into the details about this, about what is actually in this bill. Um, you have what the GOP is selling, which is, of course, they're going to put a popular spin on it because that is what they're supposed to do. It is their bill. It is going to give patient care. It's going to shift our healthcare system from being burdensome um, by this federal regulation, from all these um, bureaucrats who want to control your health care and, me- and bring it to be more centralized and patient neutral, right? It goes to... Um, give you more choices and help the middle class and lower class family and worker uh, have more control of what they spend as far as health care coverage. Um, it to bring improvements to what the Affordable Health Care Act, uh, what Obamacare failed in. You got the individual um, pool that people who are trying to get this health care through these um, different marketplaces, three state funded marketplaces, and it is tearing them apart. They only have one or two choices. Um, and in these choice pools, they're only stuck with these high premiums, and these premiums are still increasing. So the healthcare bill that's supposed to be presented today and got passed is supposed to be the, the fix it all to that, or at least that's what they're telling you. But when we get down into the details about what's actually in this healthcare bill, when you look at some of the stuff that they are uh, providing, or so-called providing in this healthcare bill, you see that it is selling 
the American people, it is selling you short by a significant amount. So we're going to first go into what the healthcare bill is supposed to be about, what it's supposed to be um, fixing, because there are two avenues that drive up healthcare costs. You have the people who are sick, um, who need healthcare insurance, who rely on healthcare insurance to help pay for these medical bills, and then you have pre-existing conditions. Um, in these two pools is is people who tend to again drive up those costs. To help offset those costs, you have healthy people, people who are paying for the insurance but don't ever use it. So because they're putting money into the pool, it pays for those sick people. So again, you're basically helping out your neighbor. You're paying for insurance. So during the event that you will need it, it is there. But while you're putting money into it and you're not using it, you're helping offset the cost of people who are sick who may need it. At the same time, you have pre-existing conditions for people who have these conditions that will use up insurance more often than people who are healthy, such as people who have mental health diseases, people who have Down syndrome, people who have heart defects, people who have uh, asthma or AIDS or HIV. All these, ex these conditions that tend to use insurance more often than a normal healthy person would. Before Obamacare came around, it would be hard for these people to get on insurance because the insurance companies did not want to pay for these pre-existing conditions because they knew it would be hidden in their pocketbooks. It would be hidden in their budget because they would have to pay for these increasing health care amounts. So what Obamacare wanted to do is help again offset that and make it to where all these healthcare um, premiums will be shared in the pool, uh, will be shared for people. And so because of that, that is where uh, some of these problems start to arise because the Obamacare did not cover all those things. It had issues. It had stuff that, again, would not be forecasted and help drive up that market. So, again, what the healthcare bill was trying to do was attempt to So what the health care bill was attempting to do, was trying to do, was, uh, again, offset some of these premiums and um, bring these costs down. So because of, the, because of the issues with it, like we said before, with Obamacare, um, some of, those, some of those, those questions, some of those concerns were not completely answered. However, what this bill does, what the uh, GOP bill does, is basically remove some of those guarantees. In fact, it is making an issue worse because it goes back to those levels before Obamacare came into play. So when they tell you that, for example, the GOP bill guarantees coverage for pre-existing conditions, it does not. It absolutely does not. The rhetoric that they're using is called the McCarthy Amendment. And what it does is, yes, it says that you cannot automatically drop people who have pre-existing conditions. However, it, what it does do is allow for different states to be able to waive out of that protection. Basically saying that we don't want to guarantee these pre-existing conditions anymore. After they do that, they then put these people who have pre-existing conditions into a high-risk pool. 
high-risk pools have a history of having problems because of the fact that they cannot control the cost. Because, you're, again, you're dumping everybody who is sick, dumping everybody who have pre-existing conditions into this one pool. And, again, all you're doing is subsidizing this pool through government avenues. But, again, because if this if the money dries up, in case, in case, again, what the GOP is trying to do is eventually pull back some of these bills that are or some of these um, billions of dollars that are going to it. All these costs then go back to the pit, to the person that's sick. So again, it goes back to the person with pre-existing condition. They're gonna again see their premiums, see their costly um insurance go up even more because the government is no longer helping foot that bill. So when they tell you about these high-risk pools, again, they don't work out necessarily. When they tell you about again about uh, these health uh, savings accounts, they do not automatically help offset the count, uh, offset the costs because again. It costs a humongous amount for some of these pre-existing conditions. And that's some of the issues that they are having. So, when they tell you about this, when they say that we have to do this bill now because this is what the American people wanted. They tell you about uh, we have to do this to help save the American worker. That is not the case. What is the case is that they are trying to help move money around. What do I mean by that is that they're basically having to move money from healthcare, from you, from me, and make it pay for tax cuts. What do I mean by that is that there is currently, probably over the next two weeks, and you can mark it here on P2P Radio, that the House GOP will then introduce legislation that is for Trump's tax reform, or tax cut, to be honest. They have to pay for that tax cut. What they're trying to do is move the money that they're saving from healthcare and then put it to helping offset the tax cuts. It is estimated these tax cuts are going to cost around $1 trillion. And I'm sure it's just coincidence that the health care bill that the House GOP just put through cuts about $880 billion from Medicare and Medicaid. So again, this is not about saving people. This is not about saving costs. This is about moving money from one pot to the other. And that is all. If you're really concerned about health care, they're really concerned about saving the American people. Do you think that they would do some of the things that they have done? For example, if you see this chart behind me, and I wait if you're on radio, I will, go, I will illustrate some of it to you, is that these are all the groups that have stood out against the health care bill, such as the AARP, the American Medical Association, the American Nurses Union, the American Nurse Association. All of these associations who have a dealing with Medicare and Medicaid and health care in general have all spoken out against it. Even the March of Dimes, has spoken out against this health care bill. So you would think that if the House GOP really wanted to get this right, if they say that the House, the Democrats, pushed this through in uh, 2014, I mean, excuse me, 2009, 2010, then you would think that they would slow down and listen to this group of people so that they can get to more issues and see how can they really fix it. So you have all these groups of people who are speaking out against this bill and the House GOP absolutely disregarded it. Additionally, you have the House GOP who also did not even wait to get a CBO score. In fact, you have some House representatives who admitted that they did not even read the bill themselves, who said that that's what they have staffers for. The bill text was put out 24 hours before the vote, actually less than 24 hours. So neither Republicans or Democrats had a good opportunity to read the bill before voting on it. So what do we have to rely on? What can we look at to try to put some grounding on this, and that is the CBO score. 
So again, these numbers are outdated. Reason being because there have been three versions of this bill that's been put out. This is the first version. The first version was estimated to drop 24 million people off of healthcare over the next 10 years and only saving 337 billion over the same time. This is Trump Care 1.0. Trump Care 2.0 was risking losing the same amount of people, but those savings, this $337 billion that was supposed to be saved over the next decade, dropped to $157 billion, almost in half. So you can imagine if you are Speaker Paul Ryan that you don't want to see what the third CBO report is going to say. And that's exactly what happened. They pushed this bill through without giving time to the CBO to analyze the bill. So to put it in layman's terms, this is basically like you and me going out to a used car lot, seeing this car, and buying it, putting down a check without knowing how much it's going to cost, without knowing how many miles on the car, without seeing any of the warranty, and also having our parents in the background screaming at us not to sign this contract. Would you make such a risk? In anything with you, that you do, furniture, electronics, cars, investments, would you go in so blind that you don't have any clue on how this decision is going to affect you? Or affect the people that is uh, tied to your decision? That is exactly what happened to GOP. So these are the numbers that we have to stick with, and they do not look good for the GOP. 24 million people over the next decade, somewhere between 157 billion and 337 billion being saved over the next decade. So that's roughly around 50 something. But these are the numbers because they did not give us time, did not give the CBO time, did not give anybody time to really analyze what's going on with the bill because they wanted to push it through. Because again, it was not about health care. It was not about saving the middle class worker from Obamacare burdensome. It was about moving money from healthcare and putting it towards tax cuts. And that's exactly what happened. Some of the other issues with this bill is that it removes not only pre-existing condi uh, pre conditions guarantee, it also is estimated that it may affect veterans. Task and Purpose put out a report today that said that there's an there's a opportunity for 7 million veterans to be affected by this healthcare decision. They could possibly lose their tax credits because of the GOP bill. So if you're wrapping yourself up with the red, white, and blue, you love claiming that you are all about supporting our vets and our soldiers during the national anthem, then this should outrage you that there's a potential that 7 million veterans could lose their healthcare insurance. If you're someone that is pro-life, someone that clings up to it, you march every year, you contribute to the March of Dimes, you're all about being pro-life. This bill cuts and makes it easier for children with pre-existing conditions to be dropped off their health care. Children who have heart defects, children who have mental health, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, all of these are pre-existing conditions. And children. So if you're someone who loves to claim that they're pro-life, this is your opportunity to really show that. Because this bill does not satisfy your needs. Just someone who came to take care of those kids who, who need a helping hand, who has special needs. This bill drops that ball. It removes funding for special needs education. Those children who need 
that funding. This bill strips out that part. But you don't know that because they did not give you time to read it. They did not give you time to voice your opinion about it. They did not give you time to look at all the data and all the analysis and make a, a good conclusion. Because you needed to do it now. They didn't have time. Reason being is because it's political. That's part of it. Is that in order, they don't want to run it with this in midterms. You have seen the town halls. People are angry. They don't want to do this during the election year. Especially where there's a risk that they may lose the House and the Senate. So they push this through. Shove it in. Then follow up with tax cuts. A majority of which will still not benefit you. In fact, it is estimated that uh, almost 90% of these tax cuts will have nothing to do with the middle class or lower class. This is all upper class tax cuts. Reason being that Obamacare was paid for through upper class uh, cuts. Excuse me, through upper class tax increases. So they taxed the upper class a little bit more and they used that money to help pay for Obamacare. So now that they're trying to cut Obamacare off, these taxes are not going to go back to you. Tax cuts are going to go back to the wealthy, to the upper class, who don't need it, to the corporations who don't need it. And then additionally, while they're also getting that tax cut, they're going to pile on some more tax cuts with it. Like cutting the corporate tax to 15%. These, that's just the economic concern. We're not even talking about the moral concern. I saw, I saw that there were some conservatives and it was, it was dismaying me that some of them were or attacking Jimmy Kimmel because he was making a heartfelt emotion, a heartfelt plea that in this country, in America, if you can save a kid, if you can save someone that you love, you can save a family member, it should not care. It should not matter how much it costs. We love claiming to be the city on the hill, but when it comes to saving somebody's life, there's a dollar amount attached to that. This is not just campaign rhetoric that we are the only major country, we are the only major industrial country that does not have some form of universal health care. And it's whole fact that, that you want to pretend that every healthcare system that has it in Canada, in UK, in Tibet, in Japan, in China, every other country that has it, all of their healthcare systems are just messed up and screwed up. They're nothing like America. Where it costs nearly triple the amount for the same type of surgery. Where in America, a Tylenol pill in a hospital will cost you $3 a pill. Where two days in the ER will cost you almost five grand. We are the only country that does that. We're the only country that does not recognize that healthcare is not the same as buying a TV. It's not the same as buying a car. Not the same as just making an investment in some stock. This is people's lives. With that comes a huge disadvantage. If some car guy tries to sell me uh, a, a, a cup holder that heats up and cools down my drink, I can make a decision. I don't know if I need that or not. I can make informed decisions about that. 
But if a doctor says that I need to buy this pill to help me get rid of some pain, I'm going to automatically be that doctor. Regardless of whether he's trying to uh, make a share or just make a sale. Does not matter to me because, again, I have pain. I am at a disadvantage. These hospitals and some of these doctors know this. That's why you have to. Nobody's talking about why the bill is so high. Everybody's talking about why we're why, how we can cover it. Whether it's the government's role to cover the health care bill, or whether it's the citizens, or the personal person. But the the rhetoric is not about mainly why is this bill so high. Why is it three dollars for one time I'll pill in the hospital? Why is it three to five grand to stay one night to two nights in the ER? Why is that so expensive? How can we bring down that cost so that people can afford it? Then maybe the government don't have to step in. But that's not the conversation we're having right now. So that's since that's not the conversation we're having, people are going to have to find out how can they pay for this? How can I pay for my child's heart surgery? And the Republican rhetoric of just saying that you can go to the ER is not suffice at whatsoever. It doesn't answer. It doesn't solve anything. If people start compounding our ER for medical routine checkups, then that's, that's taxing on that staff who was there for emergencies. So you're overweighing them. Then the cost, again, it, it gets shifted right back to the government. So right back to us. So long-term, it's still not answering anything. Again, this was some of the problems before Obamacare came in. This is, this is some of the concerns that these people are having. This is why these groups of people are voicing their opposition to the House uh, GOP bill. Because it is not answering some of the problems that we're having. It is only making them worse. And this is not just liberals. They're not just bleeding heart people who cry and boo-hoo. They're not just snowflakes. These are some of the same doctors who are some part of the problem. Some Same hospitals are some of the pro same problem. But they are voicing their opinion and voicing their opposition to this House GOP bill. The GOP bill had 17% approval rating. Just picture that. That they pushed through a bill that nearly 80%, or actually over 80% of America disapproved of. And they shoved it on you. Town halls have been packed talking about this subject. Talking about what, how, what are you going to do to answer this problem that we're having in the healthcare system. Again, voicing opposition to this House GOP bill. And the GOP did not listen. When they pushed through this bill, this will show you how much they care. When they pushed through this bill, they celebrated with beer. Literally. There was cases of beer being brought in. Bud Light was trying to sneak it off in, into the back of Congress. They celebrated with beer. Ran up to the White House to have this big Rose Guard press conference. Do you feel like you won 
Do they feel like you won the day? Do you even know if you did win? If you are a Trump supporter. People are telling you that they are covering for you. That this is what they came in on. Yes, we can break this up into saying that maybe it was because merely Obama's name was attached to it. That's why people hated it. Not because it was anything having to do with healthcare, really because Obama created it and, and had his name on it, and so people disapproved it. You can make a concern that you don't want this is it's a pathway towards socialism. Even though this falls far, far short of that. I would think that you would have concern if you are a Trump supporter. That when they're moving money from you, when they're risking health care, your health care, in order to give a millionaire another million dollar tax break, that would be a concern for you. So if you're a Trump supporter, if you're someone who claims to, to be all about Trump and be in his corner, understand that this bill is not in your corner. Not covering your back. In fact, some of the very states that are most affected by this bill are Trump-supporting states. For example, Alabama, where I was born and raised. And if these states start waiving your protections, such as high cholesterol, diabetes, other health risk, you could get dropped and get put in the pool of people like you. And in that pool, your premiums will go up. Because the Republican government is only going to help you foot that bill for so long. And then they'll start pulling it back. And after that money is all pulled back, that bill will still remain. Except your name could be the only one on it this time. Make no misunderstanding. That is where it's going in the future. And it will affect you. Not just affect the, the liberals. It will affect you as well. You're someone that's on Medicaid and, or Medicare and Medicaid. This will affect you. Again, that's why the AARP is against it. Because a high percentage of their people will get affected by this. So, Trump supporter... If you're thinking, again, that this bill is something that you wanted, I can almost guarantee you that it's not. Obamacare took a year to get passed. Democrats, at least to their credit, did try to get GOP support. That's why they watered it down. That's why they cared. they're trying to model it after Romney care, to try to get Republican buy-in. Republicans did not even attempt to this time. They can get the year to two months. That's when the first version of the bill came out. Two or three months. And then they had backroom deals within the GOP to move it more to the right to try to get these Tea Party members to vote for it. And you have no clue what's in it. So when you go to your next town hall, remember that. 
Remember that these very same House GOP members exempted themselves from this very bill. So they kept the parts of Obamacare they liked for themselves. And then gave you Trump care. Additionally, they lied about it. Because when, when it got discovered that, hey, you're exempting yourself from the very bill that you're putting forth, why is that? They told the press that they were going to remove that language. Where they will be subjected to the same bill as you are. But then when the press looked back at this Trump 3.0 version, that turned out to be a lie. The language is still in there. But this time, Republicans are saying that they're going to address that separately. We will let you know when that occurs. We're suggesting that you don't hold your breath. There's a time between rhetoric and actions. The rhetoric of populism is catchy. Everybody loves to claim to be a populist. Everybody loves to claim to stand up for the middle class and the lower class. It gets you votes. It gets you cheers. It gets you round of applause. But action, what you can actually see and observe, that is where you hold your representative accountable. When you see them voting to take away your health care, risk taking away your health care, so they can give a tax break to corporations, that's not a populist. When that's the path under this bill, when people are yelling, literally yelling at town halls about, will you listen to me? And then you celebrate with popping a cold one with some of your buddies in the middle of the hall of Congress, that's not populism. In fact, it brings the question about our democracy. When a Congress with an 8% approval rating can pass a bill and force through a bill with a 17% approval rating. That would call it requires a call to action from you and me. And we say every week that you have to stay active, that you have to stay awake, that you have to stay woke, as the kids say. It requires for you not to become normalized to it. To think that you have no option. The hypocrisy on the GOP side right now is breathtaking. It's nauseating. It's toxicating. It makes me infuriate to see that some of the same people who use some of the same language to attack Democrats have now amplified that those very same actions. Whether it's executive orders, whether it's executive actions, whether it's pushing through bills in the middle of the night, whether it's not even reading it and running away from the press when they ask you about that very subject. There's literally a tape, and we shared it on our Facebook page, that the CNN, MSNBC, Fox are asking, hey, did you read this bill? I did not read the bill. All right, run away from the microphone. <laughs> they could ask the question. At least someone on the CNN, I think it's Chris Coons or whomever this representative is, he said, I will honestly admit to you I didn't read the bill. I have stats for that. So a bill that did not get read, also, Elijah Cummings said that he couldn't read the bill because he didn't have time to read the bill. Affects one-sixth of our economy. Affects every single person in our country. Did not get read. Think about that for a minute. Absorb that statement for a minute. Then follow up with asking yourself, why is this person representing me? 
Because clearly, they have no interest in doing it. Clearly, their priorities are somewhere else. And if you reach the same conclusion that I do, you stop falling for populist rhetoric. You start supporting populist actions. People who actually do stand up for the middle class. Like those 20 Republicans who voted no on this bill. Because they knew they risked losing their job. When we start looking at actions versus rhetoric. And choose the former over the latter. I guarantee you. Some of these bills will stop coming across the president's desk. But that starts off with you and me. Thank you again for turning into another episode of Peach Crew Radio. Uh, as always, we suggest that you share our videos, share our page, like us, by the way. We love your comments. And we apologize for some of the audio in the beginning part. We're testing out new software, trying to get in more creators, trying to bring in uh, more avenues. And that leads us to our next show, where hopefully we can bring you into the debate. If you want to be somebody who appears on the show, give us your opinion. We want you to be a part of it. So please feel free to slide into DMs, our DMs, or my DMs. Uh, whether it's on Facebook or following me on Twitter, you can feel free to do that. And we will set it up, and hopefully we will have you on the show. So follow us on Facebook, Power to the People. You can follow me on Twitter, Rick Grider underscore PGP Radio. Again, I'm hilarious on Twitter, so thanks so. I got some blue check marks following me, so, you know, not going to toot my horn too much. But make sure that you check us out again every single Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central. Check me out on Facebook by following me, Rick Grider, or check us out on Mixer or BeLive.tv. And if you are too late and you cannot see us live, you can always check us out on SoundCloud or on iTunes and check our podcast and subscribe while you're there. And, of course, make sure you check out our website, Power to the People. It's PowerToThePPO.com. And until next week. Make sure that you stay blessed, you be safe, and uh, power to the people.